The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Night falls and I'm alone. Skin, yeah, chilled me to the bone. You turn. Good morning, everyone. You found financial food for thought. You got Mark Dolly and Carrie Waddell's back. Did you have a good weekend last weekend? Last weekend? Yeah. Yeah, I was moving my daughter to South Carolina. In the heat. <laughs> a little bit hot down there, huh? Yeah, well, it was like hot like here. It just continued. And when you're trying to move to a second floor apartment. Nothing better than not moving fun. moving boxes when it's 90 degrees out. Oh, it was over 100. Oof. And humid. Even at like 10 o'clock at night, it was still 96. <laughs> All right. Well, may you live in interesting times, Carrie, right? So mm-hmm. we're taping this show on Friday morning. And about an hour ago, my phone just started blowing up. Mm-hmm. So we're not here to talk about the Roe versus Wade decision. Right. I know that's going to be the talk of, but I, I can't even imagine. Care. I never thought in my lifetime I would see it overturned. Um, I'm just, I don't know. What I'm looking at is how will this financially, if at all, affect our clients' retirements, right? And I don't know. I don't think to, it will materially. Well, well other here it than is. It, but it also is just taking it back to the states. I just glanced at the headline. Correct that the states can decide. Well, yeah. Who knows? But I'm just saying. It, clearly, now the lines have been drawn for the midterm elections. It's going to be pro-choice versus the economy, stupid. And we'll see um, which America is more concerned about. Um. <laughs> And we'll go from there. Now, what I wanted, not wanted, what I was planning on talking about today, of course, is Fed Chair Powell. And he was in front of the Senate Banking Committee. And Elizabeth Warren had got the meeting off pretty quickly. So Americans are struggling with rising costs and all eyes turn to the Fed. Last week, you announced that the Fed would raise rates by three quarters of a percentage point, the biggest increase in nearly 30 years. So let's talk about what the Fed is and isn't doing when it raises interest rates to try to bring down inflation. Let's start with gas prices. The price of gas is up 40 percent since Russia invaded Ukraine in February. Chair Powell, will gas prices go down as a result of your interest rate increase? I would not think so, no. Okay. Um, And um, that matters because gas prices are one of the single biggest drivers of inflation. Energy prices overall drove a third of the inflation last month. But the Fed's tools, as you say, have no impact here. So let's look at another necessity, food. Price of groceries is up nearly 12% this year. Americans feel the pinch. No matter how much groceries cost, people still got to eat. Chair Powell, will the Fed's interest rate increases bring food prices down for families? I, I wouldn't say so, no. <laughs> okay. See, this is this is Ooh. what the Democrats, this was their whole line of, of you know, was the common thread that I found, and I listened to the whole hearing, is that they're trying to make the case that the Federal Reserve is making a mistake by raising interest rates so quickly because it won't really cause co- it won't really correct the problem of higher gas and food prices, which everybody is screaming about. Right. And that and but it will hurt 
their potential of printing more money because uh, a rising interest rate means it makes it more expensive them to print more money. Right. So it, it kind of hurts their plan to print more money if the Federal Reserve continues to raise rates. So a Fed increase won't bring down these prices. And why? Because rate hikes won't make Vladimir Putin turn his tanks around and leave Ukraine. Rate hikes won't break up monopolies. Rate hikes won't straighten out the supply chain or speed up ships or stop a virus that is still causing lockdowns in some parts of the world. So let's talk about what interest rate increases can do. Chair Powell, you said last week that interest rate increases, quote, moderate demand. Can you just explain a little more about what? Okay, moderate demand. All right, so this, so what this is leading to is the demand destruction. Right. You know, the Federal Reserve, if they see that their mandate, and there's a reason, they're going to squash inflation, carry. Mm-hmm. That's their mandate. Um, at the cost of a recession where they keep saying, well, we're not we're not planning to have a recession. Well, I think there's a lot of factors out of their control, too. I mean, they can only control sure, one so piece. We, we think about uh, interest rate increases as affecting financial conditions and then the economy through three broad channels, the first of which is uh, interest-sensitive spending. So that's durable goods and automobiles and things like that. So interest rates go up, uh, people's demand for uh, right. There's a, a demand destruction. Right. Will, will, will moderate or decline so that supply and demand can get into better balance. The second channel is just asset prices generally. Um, interest rates, as they go up, will cause asset prices to moderate across the economy, and people spend a little bit less out of their out of their lower lower level of wealth. The third channel is the exchange rate, which is really just another asset price. And, and I'm getting just, kind of lost know, in the weeds here. As as, uh, as the but, dollar strengthens. Uh, um, Sorry, as as rates go oh, up, he just got uh, the dollar would strengthen, which would um, uh, tend to, to drive. Wait, so I appreciate this, and I do. Appreciate I really this. don't think I she does appreciate this. No, you know, I, I mean, do you think Elizabeth Warren ever lost a debate at you know Northwest class in high school in her day? Put a little uh, uh, more plain vanilla uh, explanation of what's going on here. If I understand what you've said and what economists are saying across the board is that when you raise interest rate, there's going to be less money to invest. And that is it's going to dampen business investment. Is that a fair statement? I, I think the idea is to Makes it more moderate demand to invest. so that it can let be answer. Let him answer. Let him answer. And is well in excess of the supply. She ain't going to let Aaron answer. More well, expensive if you ask to invest, question, which in turn she knew the answer before she asked workers it. Well, if you ask him the question, and when I think, they're out of work, they have less. Carrie, you you haven't gone to the Elizabeth Warren School of Debate, <laughs> apparently. Is it rude? <laughs> Be it's rude. So I get that rate increases stop companies from spending money to build new She's plants, up buy to new the trucks, killer. or to hire new people. Right, Chair Powell, when money's more expensive, they're less inclined to do that. I think that's what you just said on asset pricing, right? Well, in the labor market, you have, as you know, you have uh, a situation where there's a shortage of workers and there are two two job vacancies for every person who's actively looking for work. So part of this is to get the labor market back into balance. Well, I I, I appreciate you call it back into balance. What I'm trying to get at, though, is what does the tool of raising rates do? And part of what you just said is that it increases, in effect, the cost to invest, to buy those trucks or new plants or to hire new people. The reason I raise this and the reason I'm so concerned about this Here we go. is rate increases make it more likely that companies will fire people and slash hours to shrink wage costs. Rate increases also make it more expensive for families to do things like borrow money for a house. And so far, the cost this year of a mortgage has already doubled. Uh, inflation is like an illness, and the medicine needs to be tailored to the specific problem. Otherwise, you could make things a lot worse. And right now, the Fed has no control over the main drivers of rising prices. But the Fed can slow demand by getting a lot of people fired and making families poorer. And while President Biden is working to increase energy supplies and straighten out supply chain (laughs) and break up monopolies (laughs) and bring down prices, 
you could actually tip this economy into recession. So I just want to say, you know what's worse than high inflation She's and not low done unemployment? Yet. It's up, high Elizabeth. inflation and a recession with millions of people out of work. And I hope you'll reconsider that as you drive this, before you drive this. Right. Well, it sounds like she wanted to do a speech and really didn't need him there well, at all. Well, that's what the whole Senate committee was. It was ridiculous. But, but the idea, so she's what she's getting, and this is what we're saying, is what we've been saying for a long time. So one of the quickest ways for companies to cut costs is to lay off individ- right. workers. That raises the unemployment rate, which if we already have a slowing GDP, you have high inflation, and the unemployment rate's going up, that is what leads to stagflation. You know, that's the three-legged right. stool of stagflation. And that's what the debate is. Is you know, are we going to go into recession? Are we going to go, maybe even worse, are we going to go into stagflation? Um, you know, the, uh, the Society General, the S&P 500 could slide another 33%. In a 70 style inflation environment. Okay, that's these are some of the headlines. Um, you know, the Fed officials start to embrace the possibility of a recession. Um, the. If we. Yeah, in, in her comment, inflation is like an illness and the medicine needs to be tailored to a specific problem. Otherwise, you can make things a lot worse. So. Because there's there's some people, Carrie, that are saying that if if they really want to bring down inflation, you may have to take unemployment up to five percent, seven percent, ten percent, and and that is certainly gonna hurt. And that's where the debate is right now, and where this leads to to you doing your own financial planning is are you at a position where you're saying that I need to build a another economic model if we have a worst-case scenario? The crisis tool. <laughs> We've got one that's a state planning team. We call it the Build Your Life Flow Plan R, R standing for recession or recovery, mm-hmm. what have you. And we've been doing this. We've been helping clients work through these economic downturns for over 35 years. And, and there's, it, it's a very individualized process. You know, it, it's, you don't ask your neighbor what they're, you know, how much they have to cut back on spending or if they're going to be okay. You don't ask your coworker. You have to kind of sharpen your own elbows and figure this out for yourself. And if you've never built a financial planning model, then, you know, get help and get consensus and get your advisors working together. And through that process, hopefully you can get into a decision-making mode. And we'll continue to talk about that as as we do these radio shows. Okay, get us started. All right. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 AM between 9 and 10. We're a financial educational talk program here to hopefully give you helpful information about issues that can impact your financial life, whether you're still working, you're already in your retirement years, or um, you're faced with concerns and worries and want to know what you should be doing when it comes to your financial life. We're sponsored by the estate planning team, and the estate planning team has been around more than 35 years in the greater Cleveland area. We're an Ohio-registered fee-based fiduciary planning firm. And we offer a free consultation for people by phone or in person to see if you can benefit from the type of planning that we offer. And we're traditional financial planners, modelers, and number crunchers and give people that objective, unbiased analysis on what you should be doing when it comes to your financial life. And Mark, you talked about Plan R. I mean, it's really starting with, and some people get that online, is that base case. Based on your current thinking, people want to know, are they going to run out of money? And what we go into much more detail is Plan A might be a good, is really where a lot of the financial software is where we just get started because you want to know based on my current thinking, am I in the ballpark? Can I retire? Or if I'm in retirement, am I not going to run out of money based on whatever assumptions you want us to use? And frankly, everybody feels differently. Um, 
you know, we use a basic day to day or we were before all of this three to four percent. Some people use three. Some people for use inflation. four for inflation, the day to day. And we break out those different healthcare was five. Certainly everybody's across the board on how they feel about inflation. Some people, few people don't want to make changes, say it's fine the way it is. We have other people that want it eight percent for five years, then taper it. They, you know, so we can customize those different variables. But then we take it farther as saying, if plan A is working, how do you make it better by making different financial decisions, whether it's timing a social security, a pension election, um, tax efficient cash flow planning, and how do you create the income you need to cover those expenses tax efficiently through IRA and company plan distribution planning? Um, that's a huge one. Roth conversions and looking at how do you make it even better, especially during those times of economic uncertainty and worries. And certainly plan R can be a worst case scenario and we can make it as ugly as you want it to be. Because I think when you see those worst case scenarios, if you're faced with a potential retirement date or what if I get laid off? Do I have to go back to work? Do I have to find what level of job? Or what if I'm just, we have a ton of people with a great recession saying, I, I don't mind working. I'd like the to great retire. Resignation right. I yeah. don't mind yeah. working. I just can't work this job. I got to get out of I've the done rat it race. 30, 35 years. I'm just done. Right. So we can adjust those variables, whether it's plan A, plan R, plan B. Um, that's what we do for people. And if you're faced with a pension election, again, I said timing of Social Security, a Roth conversion. Have you looked at these Qualified things? Qualified charitable distributions if you're no longer itemizing. And, and you, other you charitable have planning. Yeah, the big, big issue that, you know, again, you're looking for opportunities. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, whether it's and and addressing the future of long term care is certainly an issue, and there's lots of ways to address it. Uh, but we've done this for a long time. Um, we've seen different scenarios, and if we don't know the answers, we can find them out. And again, we've been around a long time and have the expertise and knowledge that we probably can help you. But if we can't, we'll be honest and let you know if what you're looking for isn't what we do. And that's what the free consultation is about. And we do some free preliminary analysis if you take the time to schedule. Um, we have both hourly options that are affordable and comprehensive affordable retainer fees that help people with all the different steps if you need a little bit of help or a lot. And you can call the estate planning team for a free no obligation consultation. Leave a voicemail. We'll get back to you on Monday. Or if you send an email through the website, you will get a response. And that's 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. And, or you can visit our website and uh, that's financialfoodforthought.com. And I think it's about, you know, we talk about knowing your numbers and being prepared because you think you have time, but, you know, time's not guaranteed. And it's more important, even when you're worried, I believe like when I'm worried or I'm faced with a problem, I believe in massive action and I'm going to throw everything instead of doing nothing. Because right, doing right. nothing, then I'm giving right. up complete. Yeah, there are still a lot of things you can control in this world where there's a lot that you can't. Right. So take control of the things that you can. Right, because fear has that tendency to paralyze you, right, Carrie, where mm-hmm. you just lock down and say, I'm not going to do anything. Right. And and so is there valid, con- is, is, there's a, is there validity behind your fear or is it just the fear of the unknown? Meaning mm-hmm. you don't really know if we have an economic downturn or if we have higher inflation embedded for a few years, what that would really do to your retirement plan. Mm-hmm. It, whether you are planning on going into retirement in the next, you know, short term, you know, one or two years, or if you're already in retirement, but just maybe start and say, I might, you know, maybe did I retire too early, you know, or do I have to go back to work? Do I have to start up an encore career? Right. You know, if that wasn't my plan originally, so that's what we can help. Now on the radio, like what we can do is we can kind of use the four percent rule math, carry mm-hmm. to to kind of illustrate what we mean by how do you make a more conservative or worst case scenario based on a worse assumption for inflation or rate of return on investments Mm -hmm. or economic downturn or longevity, right? Um, And I'll I'll do that today. I'll, I'll kind of go through that. 
because you know there's all you know <laughs> for there's always always the big joke oh the four percent rule is now the three percent rule right right and, well how do how do those people that say that how are they getting the three percent where it was four percent we'll talk a little bit about that but before that just find out some takeaways from um fed chairman uh jerome powell's uh speaking uh okay so one thing he did say is the Federal Reserve is committed to getting back to a target 2% inflation, Carrie. They say that is still their right. goal, and they will accomplish that. They have not strayed from that. Okay. Um, you know, our goal is to achieve 2% inflation while still keeping a labor market strong. Now, one of the things that Paul did go on to to kind of explain that during the hearing was that he said, you know, there's a difference, Carrie, between a, a, a rising inflation that we've experienced over the last, you know, 18 to 24 months, right? That right. 8.6%, you know, headline number. But that went up really fast, right? right. And Fred Paul is reminding us it can go down real fast, too. Mm-hmm. So there's a difference between the rate of inflation ongoing where right. it went up real fast it can come down fast for example let's say a price of a dozen eggs this month is a dollar 90 okay now let's say you go to your grocery store next month and the price of a dozen eggs is a dollar 90 so what's your monthly inflation rate zero zero boy that went down pretty quick right okay um so so that's the distinguishing so when you now now it doesn't mean though that if the price of eggs steadies price at a dollar ninety it doesn't also necessarily mean it's gonna quickly jump right down to below a buck where it was before the inflation increase right mm-hmm. so that's that's a simple uh, you know analogy of saying what you have to do if you're doing this at home is what we do for our clients is you got to look at all your expenses in that light right in other words once we see that inflation has peaked and we no longer see that the monthly increases are up at that accelerated rate then the idea is do you strike your new expenses at that point and say this is my new base that it's going forward okay um and then you modify your plan based on that especially if that new amount is a lot higher than what your current plan a is using now quite frankly maybe it is maybe it isn't right don't ask your neighbor if their you know expenses went up by whatever you have to kind of figure this out yourself all right um a second takeaway I had from Senate, uh, uh, the Senate Bank Committee, Jerome Powell's, uh, is that is they admit it, it, a recession is certainly a possibility. It's not our intended outcome, mm-hmm. but you know that Carrie, that's frankly quite different than his comments back in May. All right, because in May his comments were nothing about the economy suggests that it, it's close to or uh, vulnerable to a recession. Right. That's the that that is a big change. Um, so, and, you know, you, you could, you, you could see, you know, former treasury secretary, Larry Summers, you know, talking about, he's saying that we need five years of unemployment above 5% to contain inflation. That would, that's much higher well, that's than the dot plots than right. the federal reserve. Um, or he said, we need two years of seven and a half percent unemployment. Um, or five years of, uh, you know, or, or one year of 10% unemployment. So he's saying, you know, these are the old mathematical models that have proven true over historical times that it's that inverse relationship between inflation and unemployment, right? Mm-hmm. And the problem is the, if you, if, if, if if that loses it, it that's what stagflation is is going ag- against that you know stagflation is um is a point where that breaks down that inverse relationship meaning that not only do you have high inflation you also have high employment that's what there's you know that is a serious thing and that's what happened in the 70s right and that's you know when you know the 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 the, the federal chair president at that time you know volkerized the economy remember volker paul volker you know and he had to dr- drastically um you know so here so the last time the u.s saw a period of stagflation was in 1973 after the collapse of the Bretton woods currency system which left the u okay blah 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 blah. in the face of surging inflation fed chair paul volcker 
famously brought the Fed funds rate, which currently sits between one and one. So, okay, so go, to a, he brought it to above 20% carry. I mean, right now, there's a big debate of whether the Fed funds rate will go up to 3 or 4%. Volcker took it to 20%. Bring We're it. a long way okay. from that. And that what's what brought on the back-to-back recessions in 1981 and 1982 and a record high unemployment. Um, but it eventually brought inflation back down. Right. So, right. so, so I, you know, it, it, it's a, a couple of other things um, that I have, Carrie. The, um, okay, if you're looking for, uh, if you're looking for your property tax bill, so Cuyahoga County, uh, they put out a story, Carrie, um, that uh, the deadline to pay without penalty is July 14th. Don't look now, Carrie, but we're almost into July. I know. It. I mean, July 4th weekend next week. After July 4th, the summer's over, here. Mm. Um, well, there's still a lot of summer, Mark. The, uh, so you should be seeing it. They're in the mail. The property tax bills for the second half of 2021 are in the mail, Carrie. Mm. And we all know how dependent the mail has been. That's the, what I was thinking. Rona shutdown, right? Um so, if you are looking for that, the Cuyahoga County says it's in the mail. Um, now, did they say I'm not in Cuyahoga? Are they having increases? Oh yeah. Well, that's I was more. That's say more. That's the big- I had an increase in Rocky River. I, it's all depending on your locale, you know, right. Your city. Um, I'm just I, curious how many people yeah, will I, have I, an yeah, increase. I, I got an increase. Oh yeah. Um, and a big increase. Double digit. Um, all right. Now the. All right. So. If you're looking for the IRS to process your 2021 tax return, Carrie, we got some news from um, you know Chuck Reddick this week, Carrie. Right, because they were behind from last year's returns. Yeah, they were a bit behind. Um, so uh, Chuck says that they all should be processed by the end of this week, which we're taking the show on Friday. That means today. Mm, um, they must be working overtime. Okay. The... Yeah, as of June 10th, the IRS had processed more than 4.5 million of the more than 4.7 million individual paper tax returns received in 2021. Mine is one of them. That's because you wait. I haven't even filed my paper tax return yet. He hasn't gotten mine yet. Um, All right. uh, It has also successfully processed the majority of tax returns filed this year by taking aggressive, unprecedented steps to accelerate the important processing work. Um, the agency says better technology means its agents are now able to process between 180 and 240 air resolutions per hour, which is up from the previous number of 70. So they're making headway here. Um, uh, IRS Commissioner Chuck Reddick goes on to say, IRS employees have been working tirelessly to process these returns as quickly as possible and to help the people who are waiting on refunds or resolution of the account issue. Now, if you're still waiting for your refund, um, they're going to actually, you know, uh, pay you interest now, you know, because they've been so delayed. Oh, wow. Okay. So, um, and, and, and because of the inflation, it's going to pay a higher interest rate. So it's a, uh, they're going to pay out 5% interest to people with delayed tax returns starting July 1st, up a point from last year. So, um, there's some news there. So we, so what are the Senate Republicans trying to do, Carrie? Um, so it's interesting keeping an eye. So one of the things, and, and you know, we, we were talking about looking for opportunities in a complicated tax mm-hmm. code carry, right? And we're also looking at a lot of clients are looking to do Roth conversions as a way to shift from a tax-deferred tax wrapper to a tax-free tax wrapper. Right. Right now, looking at the opportunity that – if their stocks and their IRA have dropped in value and they plan to hold on to them anyways to recover, right. they can shift it, those stocks over to the Roth IRA and then all the regrowth will come back tax-free in the Roth IRA as opposed to just coming back tax-deferred in the in a regular IRA, right? Um, another opportunity is um, we have the Trump lower tax rates for a few more years, right, that expire at the end of 2025, unless Republicans have enough votes, including, you know, 60 votes in the Senate and the majority in the House and the White House, 
by the time they expire to reinstate them or, or extend them or make them permanent. But I don't know. I'm not holding my breath that the Republicans are going to have that many seats. Um, but so in 2026, the lower Trump's lower tax rates expire and they go back up to higher ones. Or um, like, the, 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 again, back to the Roth conversions, you know, so but you don't necessarily want to do a Roth conversion that shoots you through a tax threshold that you want. You don't want to go through. Right. And we talk about that's playing the 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 limbo, the tax limbo game, right, Carrie? In other words, mm-hmm. how high can you carry? Get you know, can you create your taxable income or adjusted gross income or modified adjusted gross income? We all have these arbitrary thresholds in a very complicated tax code that says if you you know if you go through that threshold, bad things start happening to your taxes, right? And so you, a lot of the the planning with Roth conversions is getting up to that point where you don't go through that next threshold. A very simple example of that is, you know, we see a new client come in and they're in a zero tax bracket, right? Mm-hmm. Can you get much better than zero, Carrie? No. Uh, but the, our first question to that new prospect client is, by the way, how much of a Roth conversion could you have done to max out zero? And then the light bulb goes on, right? Mm-hmm. And and, and, it's, and now, not that everybody has a zero tax. I mean, I get that, but what's your next tax threshold? In other words, if you if you just follow the required minimum distribution, would that how many tax thresholds will that push you through? You know, this is the start of that conversation. But one of those thresholds that sometimes we look at, Carrie, it, I don't think enough people are looking at it, is maxing out the zero percent long term capital gain rate and qualified mm-hmm. dividend rate. Right now, we talk a lot about about it on this show. Well, the 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 Senate uh, Republican there's a new proposal, Carrie, to extend that zero bracket. Um. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, this is just a proposal. This isn't law yet, but it's just an idea of saying this is what we keep our eyes and ears open on to see, you know, because that could be a potential. So, what are they trying to do? Well, currently, under the, the current law, the, you know, there's basically three long term capital gains rates there's the 0%, the 15%, and the 20%, right? And so most listeners are going to fall either in the 0% or the 15%. If you're the high, high income, you get up into that 20%. All right. So where does the zero long-term capital gain rate ends? Well, for 2022, based on taxable income, for married filing jointly, that's $83,350. Okay. Now mm-hmm. that's taxable income. That's after the standard deduction or itemized deductions if you're itemizing, right? For a single taxpayer, it's forty one thousand six seventy five. Um, so that's that's equivalent right now to the the twelve percent tax bracket, Carrie. Right. So currently, right now for twenty twenty two, the married filing jointly twelve percent tax bracket ends at eighty three thousand five fifty. Very close to the eighty three thousand three fifty on the long term capital, but it's not unified. It, it, they're separate. Okay, it's not tied, but it's very similar right now. So what the GOP proposal is, they want to extend that to the next higher bracket, which would be the 22% bracket. Okay. That would be a huge increase. That would be many, many more people would be able to take advantage of that 0% long-term capital gains tax rate and qualified dividend rate, right? Um, So under their proposal... For example, the 22% tax bracket, they would tie it to that. No more, it would be unified with the 22% bracket. So that's right now at 178,150. Okay. A lot higher than the, you know, 83,000, right? Um, and that would be a, a huge benefit or, you know, a planning tool if, if, if you were doing that, especially if you're single, because if you're single, a lot of our single taxpayers, they can't stay at that zero percent capital gains rate, it, it being at only you know forty one thousand six seventy five. Right. But if it was the the twenty two percent bracket, you know, for the single, that would be eighty nine thousand, and and that would certainly be, you know be yeah, on their radar. Um, so now again, not law yet. They don't have enough votes right now to get it, and the Democrats would never vote for this in the Senate. But if um you know if we if we do see 
that if if the, if the Republicans can can win seats, get the majority back, and then win maybe win the White House in twenty twenty four, maybe this will happen. Um, but regardless. We don't know. Let's plan and at least use the zero if you can. Are you even looking at it? Do you know? I mean, we always talk about using opportunities and people, you don't know what you don't know. And that's our job is to bring, can we make your situation better? What are you missing? Um, and we really analyze every person's, each of the assets and how do we make it better? What's the purpose now, later and at passage? And the estate planning team's been around now more than 35 years, and we are an affordable registered fiduciary planner. Um, and if you'd like to take advantage, we do offer the free, no obligation, no pressure consultation. And we're happy to do that by phone or in person. My number or our number is rather is 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Leave a message. We will, we will give you a call back on Monday or you can send an email through our website at financialfoodforthought.com. And on the website, you can sign up for our newsletter. Hopefully, right after July 4th, I'm going to have some fall planning classes posted. Make sure you register early because seating will be limited. You can listen to our podcast. And the newsletter does have tax law changes or um, federal news, whether it's the Fed rates or any other financial news. Um, if I get it, they put it together in a nice summary that I blast out. So make sure you sign up. There's no cost for that either. That's financialfoodforthought.com. All right, listen to Mark Dolly and Kara Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 35 years. And over those decades, we certainly have built a lot of plan ours for our client and, and and try to get the idea that yes before you make a knee-jerk reaction or get paralyzed in the in the headline fears the shock line risk I, I mean it's it's re, it's recession hysteria right Carrie mm-hmm. um, Musk Rubini and Goldman warn of rising US recession the memo chances of recession rise posing huge threat to Biden Deutsche Bank says US is heading for a deeper recession than previously expected with unemployment set to jump here's another one the US will tip into a long recession this year as the Fed hikes interest rates it's hard, investment bank numero says. Um, here's another one. An economic downturn is for sure coming, Travago CEO says. His advice for weathering the crisis. Okay, here's another one. Consumers are telling us recession is already here. I, I, here's another one. U.S. slowing towards a recession if it's not already in one. Former Kansas. I could go on and on and on. Um, so are you concerned? Are right, you have enough of a nest egg? Here, here's a headline, Gary. Many younger baby boomers may outlive their 401k savings. Hmm. Okay. Um, is that a surprise? Um, here's another one. Here's how much the average working boomer has saved for retirement. All right. So this, who did this one, Carrie? Um, this is why you don't ask your neighbor because, I mean, I, I don't know. Survey of a thousand working Americans. Can I recently, uh, uh, okay, less than half of those surveyed have saved a hundred thousand. So under fifty percent have a hundred hundred thousand saved for retirement carry. Is that going to cut it? I don't think so. All right, sixteen um, percent say they have saved zero. Uh, wow. Um, Respondents who are still working with a medium age of 60 has an average savings of around 112000 See, there's a bit of a wealth gap in this country, Carrie. Um, and I don't know if you, you know, and, and so that's why the shock line risk, you, you have to say, does that really uh, talking to me or not? All right. Um Part of the survey, around 80% of people expected to see their living standards fall in retirement. Wow. While 10% feared they would ne- they would never be able to retire at all. That was... Right, but that's big- just asking people. How many people don't really know? Because, Mark, we have people that's come my in. That's point. Right, but people come in that are terrified that they're going to run out of money, and we run that plan R... And they're, they're current thinking they can actually retire early and spend more, even based on higher inflation and conservative growth rates. 
but here they're not making decisions for spending and they're getting to, you know, their life expectancy where they have this pile of money they should have, would have, could have because they didn't know. That's the depression kids. Right. That's what happened to the depression kids. Or I think people are who are naturally, I, I talked to one of our uh, clients this week and he was telling me, I've just been in this mode of save, save, save. And it's really hard, even though if I've accumulated to t- change that because I was always a saver. I don't have debt and I'd like to. It's just hard to switch. Right. And so I have seen, Carrie, I don't know if you've noticed it with clients, but I, I have noticed with clients that it's, it is different this time. And, and in other words, so I, I, it's, it's happened more than once with clients I've met with here in the last 30, 60 days where unbeknownst to me or perhaps their investment advisor, they went to cash. Mm-hmm. Okay. With not maybe a hundred percent of their portfolio, but with the majority of it. And that's so you have, you know, and, and but they're not really trying. They're not timing the market carry, but they're also they're telling me, Mark, this really isn't dry powder. In other words, I don't know if I'll ever go back into the market. Right. Because they're worried about their safety of money is more important than potential growth or they're right. more worried about potential loss at this point. And that's what's different this time. And I don't know if it's because if it's a political fear that they're thinking that this country is just is just on its way down. I don't know if it's that combination, the dual threat of higher inflation along with the recession or a possible stagflation that they, they're reading the horror stories from the 70s and 80s or the Great Depression that's coming. And so what they're. So for them, Carrie, the plan R is, Mark, I want to know just for fun, if I only, let's say I was using 5% rate of return for my 60-40 portfolio, I'm nowhere near 60-40 right now. I'm more like 20-80, on, 80% on the fixed side. I want to know if a 3% ongoing I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Because if that's the case, I may just sit there. Now, they're also going to say, you know, so it's not really dry powder. They're not looking to buy on the dips. They're not, right. they're saying they're not worried about capturing the first bounce up on the 10 or 15% up on the market. It's a peace of mind move, I yeah, think. They're saying, hey, if, if I, if at some point, maybe five years from now, maybe 10 years from now, I I feel better about where this country is going. I feel better that we're through this economic threat and I see some stability and I see inflation back to the Fed's target of 2%. Then maybe I'll put money back into the market. But right now, I want to know if I'm going to be okay if I don't. And I've had many clients get to that point Mm -hmm. in this somber summer of 22. Well, I think it's because those people, a lot of them, not all, have been through 2008 and already took a hit. And some of the older baby boomers remember the double-digit inflation. Right. The stagflation. Well, that's why even when you've talked to those people where, you know, they're talking about mortgage rates, they're like, it's still lower than, you know, I remember double-digit mortgage rates. Um, Now, so, so how, so let's use the 4% rule carry and on the rate, cause you know, the charts on the radio work so well. Right. But, um, and, but follow along at home and saying, well, so how would you modify, you know, Bill Benjamin's 4% rule? If you were more in the camp that were saying, I want to build a plan R. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, everybody knows Bill Benjamin's 4% rule was based on, um, you, you know, the, Three or four basic assumptions. One was the time period. Um, so Benjamin was using 30 years. So if that's not your retirement time period, well, then you got to modify that, right? Second one was what investment rate of return Benjamin was using. He was using 5%. So again, if you think that's too real rosy right now, you would have to modify that. Right. If you think it's too low, you could modify it up, you know. Um, a third assumption was how much inflation Benjamin was building in, cost of living increases that, you know, whatever you pull out of your investments in the first year, the idea is that second year you would take out an amount 
based on an inflation factor to, to maintain that lifestyle. Remember that article was saying 80% of the baby boomers right now or the people surveyed are saying that they don't think they'll be able to maintain their lifestyle when they go to retirement. Mm-hmm. And they think it's going down. So what Benjamin was smart enough in his 4% rule was to say, you be- we better add an inflation factor in so you know you can maintain that retirement lifestyle. He used 3.5%. Okay. Um, now, and that's basically the assumptions. Right. Right. And well, the, 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 the last assumption that I mentioned is that Benjamin's plan was that it was for the client who wanted to spend the last dollar on the last day. Now, I know that's not everybody's plan. Some people are still planning on leaving an inheritance for their children. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still have some clients who carry, guess what? They want to spend the last hour on the last day. Right. Or they've helped their kids along the way and said, that's not my goal. That's why you don't ask your neighbor. Uh, you know, you know, you, you figured this out for yourself. Um, so meaning that if whatever your investment nest egg started with is when you started your retirement, by the time you got to the 30th year, the end of the 30th year, it was approaching zero. Now you'd mm-hmm. still have your fixed retirement income and other, you know, real estate or other as, but anyways, you get the point. So if you started with the simple math of a million dollars and then uh, the the 4% rule means you could take out 40,000 the first year and then you increase that every year with 3.5% inflation. Um, And by the time you got down to the 30th year, now you're taking out 100% of the balance in the 30th year. So the 4% rule is 100% in that 30th year and then your investments are approaching zero. Now, but what if we change the assumption up, Carrie, right? So one way you could say, well, I want to build in higher inflation. Now, all right. So what if you what if you were what if you went off the cliff and think that we're going to have double digit inflation forever? Okay. Because that's some people's hysteria, right? Right. All right. So let's redo the four percent rule. But now instead of using three and a half percent inflation, I'm going to use ten percent inflation forever for the thirty years. Okay. What do you think the four percent rule becomes? Can you do that math in your head? I cannot. It becomes 1.47%. Ouch. 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 So instead of pulling out 40,000, instead of budgeting that you could pull out $40,000 a year, you could start by pulling out 14,690. Now, granted, that 14,690 was going up by 10% a year now. That's the way you built the math. But does everybody believe we're going to have double digit inflation forever? I don't really think so. Okay. But what happens if it's 7% inflation forever? Okay, at 7% inflation forever, your 4% rule becomes 2.5%, meaning that you could start by taking out about 25000 So you, So this is a down and dirty way, back of a napkin, where that was Benjamin's plan. It's something you could do the math in your head almost, or at least with a simple calculator. Um, you can't do it in your head per se, but with right. a simple calculator. But it's just the idea that once you get the, the percentages down, you can just remember that. So for example, if, you know, if you if you've got a million dollars and you believe we're going to have seven percent inflation forever, just think about well that's a two you know that's a two point five percent withdrawal you know instead of four percent. Now if you've got two million dollars, you double that right mm-hmm. fifty thousand you know and, and you can do the math at home that way right. Um, but also don't forget to add in your other fixed retirement income. So to that number, you add in your pensions if you have them, Social Security. Um, and any annuitized annuities where you've turned on the contractual mm-hmm. income, right? So that all together adds up to your uh, total income per se, your fixed retirement income plus your withdrawal need from your investments right. to give you a total income. And then you say, okay, now how much, you know, now does my budget fit into that parameter? Mm-hmm. And now you can kind of quicken down and dirty say, am I still going to be okay or not? All right. But another one, but most people, I think, believe that this higher in inflation isn't going to be embedded forever. So more of our clients, Carrie, believe that we'll see it decrease. So let's assume that we have 7% inflation next year, then 5%, then 4%, and then after that, let's use Benjamin's 3.5% ongoing. So Never going to the fact where we think we're going to get back to 2%, like the Federal Reserve. Right, but and, it, and it, that's more probably of a realistic, because it's usually not an all or nothing. It's not going to be terrible forever, and it's not going to be rosy forever. Right, so in that case, the 4% rule becomes 3.88%. Okay, 
that's not that much far from four. No, no. And and that and, you know, instead of forty thousand the first year, you take out thirty eight thousand seven eighty. Okay. Um so that may not be the end of the world. Right. If we have this higher inflation for a bit. Um but what happens if we have an economic downturn? So let's let's put the inflation dial back to three and a half percent. Let's say you think Fed they're gonna do their job. But let's now add in an economic downturn. So instead of assuming the 5% rate of return the first year, I'm going to assume a 15% loss. And instead of assuming a 5% return in the second year, I'm going to assume a 0% gain, mm-hmm. a recovery period, right? And then instead of assuming 5% in the third year, I'm going to assume we're only back to half that, 2.5%. And then by the fourth year, we're back to the 5% annual ongoing. Okay, so we can we can tell the robot, let's run that scenario. Now, in that case, the 4% rule becomes 3.11%. So see how we're getting to the three, right. the new 3% rule, right? This is how these people, and you hear about the 3% right. rule, they're, this is what they're, they're running these numbers doing. Say, yeah, because yeah, if we have a, if we have a recession or an economic downturn, an economic hurricane, right in the beginning of your withdrawal period, the six, you know, the, the sequence of returns, that makes your 4% mm-hmm. rule 3%, right? But let's go one case seriously longer or seriously worse right okay um what if like depending on your age let's say you're 65 the 30 years takes you to 94 well a lot of people think maybe that's not long enough okay so let's go out to age 97 okay let's do 33 years and let's assume that we have this inflation at 7% 7% next year, 5% the next year, 4%, and then 35 ongoing. Okay? Let's assume we have the economic downturn, 15% loss, 0% the next year, 2.5% the next year, then back. But let's not use 5. Remember my clients were saying, Mark, I want to know if I, if I never go to buy more. You're talking about a 2? Let's use 3. Okay. Let's use 3. So this could be a worst-case scenario. Right. Or your plan R. So now what does your 4% rule become? So we marked in longer 33 years to get longevity, only using a 3% rate of return after an economic downturn right now with a 50% loss, 0% next year, 25 the next year, and higher inflation embedded for the next three to four years. Then tapering back to the 3.5%. All right. The robot says your 4% rule becomes 2.12%. Cut in half. Now, though the question is, will you still be okay? So now if you're saying that, um, now so if you've got 1 million of investments, you you would say, okay, I'm going to start with the $21,000 withdrawal and I'm going to assume that's covered by inflation. If you've got 2 million, okay, that's forty-two thousand. If you got three million, that's sixty-three thousand. See, this is the math you can do at home now. Then you mm-hmm. add in your Social Security, pensions. You may still be okay. At least now, you're you're getting in a decision-making mode of whether you have to make adjustments, or are is this potential worst-case scenario not going to derail your retirement? All right, call the estate planning team at four four zero two three nine. 2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.